This episode is sponsored by Podcast Movement 2016, which is coming to Chicago in July. Stick around for more information on how you can be a part of Podcast Movement 2016. You're listening to the Podcast Movement Sessions. What's a podcast again? A podcast is... uh, uh, You talk. Testing on. Podcast... I encourage you not to try to figure out what you think your audience wants. Who cares what they want? They're getting your show for free. So we're going to start from the top. I'm not going to say hello there. That sounds that sounds weird. I think hey it there, sounds I'm, great. Let's try this. Hey there, I'm Brian Orr. And I'm Jared Easley. This episode of Podcast Movement Sessions is one of the keynotes from Podcast Movement 2015 with Aisha Tyler. Aisha is an actress, a comedian, and the host of the wildly popular Girl on Guy podcast. She's been featured in many different TV shows and movies, including CSI, 24, Talk Soup, Whose Line Is It Anyway, and Friends as Joey's, and later, Ross's girlfriend. This keynote in its original, unedited form, complete with video, is available with a virtual ticket online. This version is both abbreviated and bleeped, just to get it somewhere between PG and PG-13 in case you're listening with kids around. As a fair warning, you'll want to know that Aisha reveals who is the better kisser between Joey and Ross at the end of the presentation, so if you don't stay until the end, you may never know. Here we go. This is Aisha Tyler with her keynote at Podcast Movement 2015. The first thing I want to say is I'm very, very excited to be here, to be keynoting this thing. So thank you guys for coming and listening. Have you been having a good uh, conference so far? (laughs) Hooray! Uh, I've never, I I do a lot of public speaking. I I, I talk for a living, uh, but I've never keynoted anything. And uh, so we're all going to see how this goes as a team, because I don't know what the (laughs) f***. I did, I did write something. And I thought what I would start with is by telling you, and the, the, the title of my speech is, uh, was uh, Creating Authenticity by Embracing Risk, which I thought when I wrote it at like three o'clock in the morning yesterday, sounded super f- smart. Um, uh, we'll see if I actually deliver on that title. I wanted something that sounded like it could be like a white paper, uh, somewhere dry. But I thought what I would do quickly is tell you my origin story for people who don't know my show or who don't know about me and who are super excited that Tyra Banks is up on stage right now. <laughs> or a very feminine LeBron James, however you get down. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not gonna give you my whole origin story, just my podcast origin story, because what I will tell you right now is that I'm an autodidact, uh, and that means uh, I don't know what I'm doing, okay? Like most of you, I'm feeling my way through this. Um, my, my podcast, Girl on Guy, started out as a television pitch. I wanted to do a talk show um, about stuff that traditionally guys love, that kind of uh, stereotypically, you know, it's stuff that I loved when I was growing up, Typically, kind of people say, oh, that's guy stuff. I'm really into motorcycles and action movies and bourbon and video games and uh, having sex without uh, emotional connection. And so (laughs) I wanted to do a show about the stuff I cared about. And we pitched it as a TV show. And everybody said, hey, no way. Guys are never going to watch a show hosted by a girl. You're out of your mind. Uh, And I so I went away and I turned into a podcast and 15 million downloads later, they can suck. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. That Disney guy is dying. 
I think that bleeping is hilarious. Like a, a bleeped, <laughs> a, a bleeped I, podcast to me is just like hilarious. Especially if you leave just a, just a hair of the lead-in sound. Chase with Fizzle always does that. Every time I listen to that podcast, it just cracks me up. Well, I think it'd be kind of fun just for the heck of it is if you bleeped out like someone like Lou Mangello, who you and I know is not using profanity, but it leaves the listener guessing. Right. <laughs> Actually, that might be kind of a funny Easter egg, the fake bleep Easter egg. You know, where did where did we bleep the thing that actually wasn't dirty at all? Like when he said Mickey Mouse. One thing that consistently shocks me is how many high-level podcasters with really big audiences started really simply. Aisha Tyler is no exception to that rule. I didn't go away and hire a team. I didn't get a producer. I went online and I typed in how to make a podcast. That's how I started my show. That was five years ago. The, the device that I have up here is what I use to record my show to this day. I don't have a producer, I don't have an engineer, I record, I conform, I cut, edit, upload, maintain the website, all on my own, which I agree with you is stupid, I agree. I'm an idiot, we can all stipulate to that as a team as well. The reason I tell you that story is because I want you to know that podcasting can seem mysterious and elaborate and complicated. It really isn't. It's just you trying to form a natural personal connection with the people that are listening to your show. So many podcasters were very vocal about how impacted they were by Aisha's talk. Instead of just playing Aisha's talk straight through, I decided to bring in some of the voices of people who really appreciated the talk and what they got out of it. Hi, I'm Keith Lettig and host of the Super Smart Guy podcast. She said she Googled how to do a podcast. It hit home with me because, you know, that's kind of what I did. And she says that she does it all by herself. I really relate to her. I love that girl. She's just, uh, I feel like she's like me, but successful. <laughs> there are so many podcasts. And so how do you make yours interesting? How do you make yours compelling? How do you get people to listen to it? Well, maybe the short answer is you don't. Maybe nobody listens to your show. We should all remember that just because you love podcasting doesn't mean people are gonna find your show. You shouldn't be doing this. I might counteract everything everybody said at this point. You shouldn't be doing this because you think you're gonna get rich. You shouldn't do, be doing this because you think you're gonna get famous. The only ingredient you need to make a great podcast is passion. If you are passionate about your show, that is what will get you up at 2.30 in the morning to cut and post that when you really just want to sleep and tell everybody to go themselves. And oh my God, stop complaining. This is free. Passion is really the only ingredient because if you're excited about making the show, you will make the show and you'll continue to make the show every week. You'll continue to stay engaged and people who hear that engagement will be engaged with you. So let's talk about the concept that I came up with in the middle of the night when I was cutting my show, I'm furious. The concept of creating authenticity by embracing risk. Uh, for the people out there who have not listened to Girl on Guy, Girl on Guy is uh, an interview show. It's an arts and culture podcast where I interview lots of different people, comedians, artists, actors, writers, chefs, athletes, uh, my dad. And it's a show about how people become the artists, the iconoclasts that they are today. And I wanted to tell a story about how you can see somebody who's famous and they seem as if they fell from the sky fully formed and perfect like a Chris Rock or Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine or LL Cool J. He was just on my show. Oh my God, you guys. Uh, 
super, super exciting, it's jingling maybe. And, uh, and they seem magically perfect, but the essence of my show is about talking about failure and how success is not the absence of failure, but persistence through failure. And if you can take that one thing away with you today, that success is not the absence of failure. Success is constant, ongoing persistence through failure. I think that's the most instructive thing that I've used in my entire life, including making this podcast, because when I set out, it was not very good and nobody was listening to it. I mean, it did fine, you know, for a podcast, but I didn't set out because I thought I'm going to get a million downloads right away. I'm going to make a million bucks. I was like, Hey, it would be super cool to stalk the sh out of uh, Henry Rollins and get him to sit down with me and talk about punk rock. I was like, wouldn't it be great to trap people I admire in a room alone and stare at them until they tell me their secrets. That's why I make girl on guy. That is the only reason I make Girl on Guy, because for, for most of its life, it's been a pretty thankless job. Uh, because I have no staff, and I have to get that show every week, and people are on Twitter complaining that the show's not up on time, to which I tweet back, I have 80 jobs, why don't you do it? Here's the thing. I do it because I love it. Because I love it. My name is Lucretia Braxton, and my podcast is Hello Friend. My show is the one thing that is completely 100% my vision. And I also appreciate that about her show, that she said in the talk that it's two hours that she spends doing something that she really enjoys. And her show was really the inspiration for mine because it made me want to create a show that wasn't just a typical interview, but it was a conversation. And I love how she's able to get her guests to reveal things that they normally wouldn't because she sets the tone for it. Early on in my show, I didn't know what it was going to be. I just wanted to make a podcast, and I didn't know anything about podcasting. I had been the guest on two other people's podcasts. One was Adam Carolla. One was The Nerdist with Chris Hardwick. I did those shows, and they seemed super fun, and quite honestly, not that hard. I don't know if you've listened to either of those shows. They're not making science. Um, <laughs> they're friends of mine. They can take it. They're just shooting the with their friends and I thought that would be really cool but here's the thing every podcast is a show with people shooting the with their friends so why do we give a about you and your friends and your we don't I think we look at these guys and we think hey nerdist just sits around and they talk about farting I can do that uh well sure you can do that but you're not the nerdist and honestly I'm not the nerdist so I was trying to find a way to unlock something very specific, not just for my listeners, but for me. What was gonna get me super stoked to make Girl on Guy every week? I didn't know what that was in the beginning, and that was a real journey for me, trying to figure out what was gonna make my show singular and unique and special. What was gonna make my show a show that I wanted to make every week? I encourage you not to try to figure out what you think your audience wants. Who cares what they want? They're getting your show for free. Make the show, <laughs> seriously, it's free. Make the show that you want to make and be relentless in the, in the pursuit of doing something that delights you. If you do that, those people will find you. Jared, Aisha talked a little bit about not caring what your audience wants. And that seems to fly in the face of what a lot of the traditional business podcasting coaching world would tell you. What did you think about what Aisha had to say about that? Well, part of me thinks, you know, that makes sense for someone who is a Hollywood celebrity, Brian. If you have a massive audience already, you can almost have the attitude of who cares what people want. I'm just going to do what I want. However, you and I are 
we're, we're starting podcasts and we're not super famous and we don't have these major platforms. So while I think it's true to be authentic and be yourself, some of the strategies that are used by someone like Shaquille O'Neal, for example, who could just go and start a podcast and just be himself, aren't necessarily going to work for you and I, Brian. So I did like the idea of authenticity, but I also think that some of that advice may only apply to the elite, and maybe that's being a little unfair, but that's how I felt. I think the skill lies in not only engaging the celebrity on the microphone, but also to get them to actually show up. I mean, do you think I could get these A-list people on my podcast? Not yet. That's the plan in the future, but you got to have that uh, brand recognition to be able to pull in that kind of A-list talent. But then you also have to be able to keep up with them on the mic. And I think she can do both well. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a six foot tall black woman and I sound like I grew up in house. And uh, so I've always been on the outside. I was six, I'm six foot tall. I've been this tall since preschool. All right. During Black History Month, I was the exhibit. I was the only black in my school. They were like, here we have the Negro in her natural habitat. She's going to tell us all about her people. Then we're going to touch her hair. And um, So I've always been an outsider. And I think one of the interesting things about being an outsider is that you very quickly learn that you cannot figure out how to please everybody else. And so you may as well please yourself. When I first started doing comedy, thank you, person, one person. When I first, mom, when I first started doing comedy and I got them on stage, people really expected something very different to come out of my mouth. They expected me to do something they'd seen potentially on a Deaf Comedy Jam or BET's Comic View. The people that do that kind of comedy are brilliant at what they do. They're amazing. I wish I was like them. I'm not like them. I couldn't fake it. So I just did the I wanted to do and my tribe found me. That is how I run my podcast. I made the show I wanted to make and eventually my tribe found me. That's... That is what is so great about podcasting because this is a narrow cast world. Your tribe will find you if you create something that is specific and personal and robust and exciting. My name is Mark Bologna and I am launching a podcast called Beyond Bourbon Street, an insider's guide to New Orleans. Aisha and Lou Mangello, they effectively had the same message although they came at it with very different styles, right? She's pretty raw and in your face and lots of F-bombs, and, he, and he's a Disney guy, so he's more polished or more careful maybe in his words. But they both talked about similar things, and it was that authenticity and doing what you love and what you're passionate about. And they both found ways to take their own style and get to the same thing, I thought. If you have to be famous and well-connected to succeed, then, then I'm going to fail. Go do the thing you want to do because you really want to do it. And don't worry so much about, is this a business? Is it this? Go try it and learn. And if you find a tribe and you find people excited, then that's your, that's your, your note, if you will, to keep going. Those couple things were all things that she said in her own words that just sort of really resonated with me. Moment of confession, I didn't know who she was before I sat down and she came on stage. Never heard of her. I was surprised at how relatable she was and how, uh, whether the, the cussing was okay with you or not, and I know several people it was not, to me, she came across as an everyday person. You know, obviously extremely attractive, extremely successful, all that, but she came across like 
like her topic, you know. I'm just this this person who geeks out on certain things, and this is what I love. And if you don't like it, that's fine with me. But it's who I am. And I just didn't expect. I was just amazed and mesmerized by that. The more you give up yourself, the more your listeners will connect. Now, not everybody is a great interviewer, but podcasts really. I'm sorry, podcasting is not journalism. It's not. It's. It's something different. I don't really know what it is. Like, uh, people will sometimes write in and go, you talk too much during your show. To which I write, it's my show. That's the end of that conversation. Uh, when you make a show, feel free to be mute for the entire hour. I'm sure it will be scintillating. But it's my show. And I wanted my show to be a conversation. I wanted it to feel different. I didn't want it to be an interview. I get interviewed all the time. And one thing I really hate when I'm being interviewed is when someone picks up their thing and goes, well, I understand you're from San Francisco and your favorite color is purple. Your husband's name is Jeffrey, a homebrewed once. You've got an ingrown toenail. Why am I here? Feel free to do the interview without me. I wanted to create a show where I learned something about the person that was sitting across from me, and so my audience learned something about them, and I wanted to give them the most, not, maybe I couldn't do the most in the kind of architectural objective sense, but the most singular interview that I could deliver. My name is Denise LaRosa, founder and host of Mom Talk with Denise LaRosa. It's so interesting how our world works. You know, you even look at the presidential candidates. People are wanting uh, what they think they want is something authentic. But at the same time, if it's so unpolished and it's, and it's so haphazard, that's a turnoff too. So I think there's definitely those professional elements that have to be in place. You have to have that consistency. You have to have a good quality sound. You've got to have those basic elements to your show that I think are just essential and they have to be there. And then whenever it comes to being authentic, what I'm speaking to more or less is really the personality of the host and how the host interacts with his or her guest. That's the part that I think you can really play around with and just open up. And I think the path to that is just getting comfortable in your own skin. I mean, anybody who saw Aisha at Podcast Movement could definitely tell this woman is comfortable in her own skin. So you know what? She says something and she says it with all her gut, all her heart. And so she doesn't really make apologies for it because she's feeling good about what she's saying because she's confident in what she's saying. She believes in it. And so I think that's where you can find your own path and your own journey to being an authentic host. All in all, I'm very much the opposite of Aisha. There won't be any cussing on my show, but I think what is the common thread is that we love this platform. We love what we're doing and we are confident in what we're doing and we believe in it and we believe it will help others. The third thing I want to tell you guys is, and I don't know, I'm probably repeating everything that the last guy said, so, you know, I, I totally was cribbing back there. Um, but the third thing that I want to say to you is don't be afraid to pivot. I think a lot of times you set, you come up with a great idea for your show. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to do a show about uh, adorable skunks, and then there's only like three in the world, and then where are you? That's three episodes. So... My show kind of started out being a little bit more of a standard interview show, and then I slowly figured out that what people love to hear were 
people's like the, the unheard the unspoken part of people's origin stories and because I wanted to talk about success and failure I created a segment in my show called self-inflicted wounds and for those of you who know at the end of every show uh, who don't know at the end of every show my guest tells a story about something that's gone wrong in their life that's their own fault so it can't be like the man did it to you or your parents did it to you or your girl did it to you it has to be something you did to yourself it's a great way to show people listening and also to show the person who's telling the story that they're human that everybody fails, that everybody makes stupid mistakes. I'll tell you one, it's a really great one. No one has beaten it yet. So here's the part where I talk to you about Podcast Movement, the conference. It's going to be in Chicago this year, which means it won't be quite as hot as it was in Texas, but it probably will still be pretty warm. Anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about the weather. (laughs) You're not here to talk about the weather. Podcast Movement, 2016, July, Chicago. Get your tickets now by going to podcastmovement.com. Join us. I'll be there. And so will a lot of really cool people like Anna Sale of Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC and many other headliners. I mean, we're talking over 100 other speakers. The community, that's the main thing. I mean, if you listen to what people say about Podcast Movement, it's all the community. So again, podcastmovement.com. You can also follow Podcast Movement by going to at Podcast Movement on Twitter and also join the Facebook group so you can get all the updates on the speakers who are going to be announced very soon. All right, let's get back to Aisha. Chris Rock told a story about uh, dating a, a, a girl and he got uh, the clap. And then, <laughs> this, is, this is in my show. It's not like I'm, I'm, not putting, I'm not putting him on blast. Why am I putting him on blast? But he put himself on blast first. And so instead of just going to the girl and saying, hey, so how about some ointment? What he did was he cured it and then he slept with her again and he got it a second time. So here's the thing. <laughs> Even someone as brilliant and hilarious as Chris Rock can do some stupid (laughs) We are all human. I'm not interested in perfection. I don't strive to be perfect. I actually strive to be as human as possible. I want my show to feel accessible. I want my show to feel personal. I want my show to feel like me. I want people to feel like they are forming a connection with me and a relationship with me that is ongoing and intimate and real. And so that is a goal of the show and that has been that pivot of trying to figure out what is the thing that people are responding to has continually gone on. I'm always rethinking, like, does this show still work for me? Does the show still work for the audience? Should these things go away? Don't get locked in a plan. Be, let your show it should be an evolving, growing animal, and it should always be getting, I don't know if it's always getting better. Let's just say hopefully it gets more interesting. That should be your goal. And I do want to make a corollary about failure, which is I also think that even quitting is not failing if you do this for a while and you find it not satisfying. Don't do something that's not satisfying, that also doesn't pay, that also nobody's listening to. (laughs) That is a fail. If you don't love it anymore, come up with a new show or go work on your buddy's show or go do some that pays money. Yeah, or, you know, there's lots of stuff. Just take up knitting. It certainly seems like it's genuine that she's really interested in what the person has to say. And so the interviewing, while I'm sure, again, it's from lots of practice in, in the rest of her life, flows very naturally. She doesn't seem to sit there with a set of canned questions. You know, and you see a lot of people in podcasting do that, maybe out of nerves or out of format. 
Um, so my takeaway was really go after the thing that you're passionate about and it makes those conversations and interviews easier because you're genuinely interested in it. And that gives me hope that the everyday person, right, can do that. I always look for something unexpected in my shows. I, I'm always searching for the thing that I didn't plan for. As a result, I don't re do a lot of research about my guests. When they come in, I just say, hey, we're going to talk, and I have no plan, and we're going to see where this goes. And as a result, I typically get stories out of them that they have never told before. I don't know if anybody's seen. There's this really great Vin Diesel mashup of him telling a story. He's promoting, like I think, maybe Fast 6, and he does like seven or eight talk shows. And on every talk show, he goes, oh, OK, wait. Let me see if I can remember this story. Oh, hold on a minute. And then he tells the same story seven times. <laughs> same way, same inflections. That's a trap that anybody can get into when, they're, when they give a lot of interviews. And so I really try to break that. I really try to break people's nature, break the format, break my own format, and try to get in in a way. And I will stop people and go, hey, I'm sorry, I want to go back. Or, hey, I'm an idiot. Can you explain that again? I'm not afraid to look silly and stupid. And because of that, it, hopefully it's disarming for my guests or they go out away and block my number. That's possible. Um, I think that helps me find a way to be surprised and delighted by my shows, and hopefully my guests are surprised and delighted as well. And then hopefully my listeners are surprised and delighted. A little adjunct to that about being surprised and delighted and about pivoting is that I just wanted to make a little show. I just wanted to make a little podcast. I was like, hey, you guys, come over to hang out. And uh, a fan suggested that I do a, a listener question show where I would answer questions at the end, uh, at the end of the season. So the fir very first year, I said, okay, write in your letters all year, and then I'll read them all at the end of the year, and I'll answer your questions. And that's turned into a show that I thought was just going to be a series of variations on who's a better kisser, Joey or, or uh, Ross. But um, <laughs> what that has turned into is the most emotional show of the year. I cry every single year because inevitably I get a letter where someone says something like, I was going through a terrible breakup and your show helped me get through it. Or a guy one year who said, I know you love video games and my mom was dying of cancer last year and what we did together was play video games and listen to your podcast before she died. You don't know what effect your show is going to have on other people. You can't know. It's a living thing. It's a piece of homemade art. It's the ashtray with the broken inside. It's the elephant lamp that won't light when you pull the trunk. <laughs> you can't know how somebody's going to respond to what you do. All you can do is just try to do your best work and then listen when people tell you what your show is to them. Every few weeks, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. This is killing me. Uh, and then I get a letter like that. And that keeps me making this show. So the last thing I would say is to be brave, to be really brave, and to be brave enough to believe that you can do something better than you think you can, and more interesting than you think you can, more personal than you think you can. Be brave enough to push yourself a, a little bit past your comfort zone. Be brave enough to fail. Be brave enough to post a really crappy show, and then be brave enough the next week to say, hey guys, last week sucked. I'm gonna do better. Because this is really, this thing is yours. And it's the reason I did this is because I wanted some, people always go, you have 15 jobs. Why? Why are you doing this to yourself? And I go, well, because this is the only thing that is mine. This is mine. And so it's going to be the purest expression of what I want to make every single week. 
it's going to be flawed and messy and the audio is never going to be as good as the guy who's got the big soundboard and, and the huge staff, but it's mine. So I encourage you to embrace the risk of making something that is purely and positively and intimately yours. Jared, when do you find yourself going ham? <laughs> when I go ham? Um, I usually go ham if there's no turkey. Oh, are we talking about a different ham? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure what she means by it because it's bleeped out, so I can't tell what she's saying. Um, yeah, there, there's sure some it's... people that don't know what ham means. I actually had to look up ham, uh, Brian, which I, I guess that's a confession of a gringo, if you will. But I, I didn't know what ham meant. I looked it up. And it means hard as a monster trucker. Can we say that? Monster trucker. <laughs> monster trucker, yeah. Mm-hmm. That doesn't so, make so, any so sense. So hard but... as a monster trucker. I, I think it makes sense. And I okay. think most people listening are nodding their heads. Like, I just feel like I'll rest when I'm dead. That's really how I feel. You know, I feel like this, you've got one life. Go ham for the old people and the Caucasians. Ham <laughs> is an acronym for hard as a mother. But that is, that is really my life philosophy. And, and ham for me may not be ham for you, right? Like, ham for me is I slept two hours last night. That's not everybody's jam. But what I do feel like I, it, what I, what I hate hearing, not in a I'm repulsed way, but in a I wish better things for you way, is when people say, I really want to do this, but. You know what I mean? I wish I could, but. I want to be a comedian, but I'm afraid I'm going to fail. I want to be a writer, but I'm afraid I'm going to. You are going to fail. That is, a, that is just that's a prerequisite. That is a stipulation. You will fail. The people who are winning just got up again. That's it. That's the only secret. And so for me, when something crosses my desk, if I find it interesting, I just do it and I just see how it goes. I might lose a finger today. Okay. You know, still got nine left. Um, I, I have to wrap it up. So I'll leave you a little quote. It's one of my favorite quotes. God, I'm turning into my dad. My dad is like a million sayings. I'm definitely turning into like a, all I need is a mustache and I'll be Action Jackson. But um, one of my favorite quotes is uh, from the great philosopher Rocky Balboa. And it goes like this. It's not how hard you hit. It's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Really lovely talking with you. Have a great weekend. I'm happy to answer any question that you have. Uh, and the answer is that Joy was a better kisser than Ross. <laughs> You're dying to know. You can't take it, can you? Yes. Well, you could tell because he was so slutty. Um... All right. I need to thank, first off, Keith Lettig, Mark Bologna, Denise LaRosa, and Lou Braxton for participating in this and sharing their experiences with Aisha. Much thanks to you all for doing that. I also want to thank Marone Bereket, John Michael Foreman, Trevor Lorene, Phoebe Judge, Juan Sepulveda, Kevin Hutchinson, Jared Easley, Dan Franks, Jeff Emptman, and everyone else who contributed. If I forgot to mention you, please know that I am thankful. I'm thankful for the Podcast Movement community. I hope to see you in Chicago. And if you don't have your tickets yet, go to podcastmovement.com, will ya? See ya. So do you think that going hog wild is like the southern equivalent of uh, going ham? I think hog wild is – when I think of hog wild, I think of barbecue. 
So I, I, I think there are scenarios when you should go hog wild eating barbecue. And but but me, doesn't that... everything make you think of barbecue though? <laughs> well, for me that 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 means pulled pork with coleslaw on top, which we call Memphis style. I'm just thinking like everything that anyone says makes me think of barbecue. Just because that's just what I'm thinking about all the time. I, I think Aisha is listening to this. She's proud because, number one, we have already stopped caring about what our audience wants. We <laughs> that's that's true. Barbecue. We're doing it again. We're doing it again. Man, dang it. We're, we're good. No, we're, we're doing exactly what people who are hard as Hogwild and Monster Truckers do. Yeah. We're, we're, being, we're applying the content. That's, that's what we're supposed <laughs> to do. As we should, Brian. To ask a good question and shut up and listen. And not interrupt and like I was that. just doing, or like, like I just did like right now. Yeah, just like talking about, blah, blah, blah. hey, I want to talk. I got something cool I want to talk about right now. Right. I mean, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm a cool guy. Anyway, go ahead. And 